Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Wing It Worldwide Podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And today we want to take you to, I don't know, it could be our favorite country we've ever visited. Kenya. This is the one place that we actually have considered moving to. One place? We have a few of them. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But this one would be near the top of my list. I would just love to go move to Karen, Kenya, which is kind of like a little suburb of Nairobi. Kind of in Nairobi, really. Right. But it used to be part of the big ranch owned by Karen Blixen of Out of Africa fame. And now, of course, it's kind of a suburb place and a lot of expats live there. I would love to be the guy who goes there and buys a Land Rover and lives in Kenya with my family. I just fell in love with the place. Absolutely. After being there, we now fully understand why Africa gets into your heart. Well, you know, we met that guy in Karen who was from Australia. And he said he'd been there for like 20 years. He said, it just gets under your skin. You know, it it just becomes home very quickly. Kenya is a wonderful country. You start off in Nairobi, which is a busy, bustling place. And what we did was we hired a company called, well, it was Roving Rovers when we hired them. And uh, ended up being a company called Ericsson Rover Safaris as they were acquired. And I'll never forget when I found their website and realized what was possible. Because I have to be honest with you, we took our sweet time getting to East Africa. Not only because, well, either rational or irrational concerns of like, oh my gosh, you go to this place and look how many shots you have to take even to go to Africa. I mean, <laughs> what are we going to catch going there? What is the food going to be like? Is it going to bankrupt us? Right. Is it just going to be just a crazy place to go? And is it going to bankrupt us? Like you said, I mean, every time you talk about doing a safari in Africa, you hear about these lodges that are like a thousand dollars a night and we just don't have it, folks. So when I saw rovingrovers.com, which is still there, by the way. And I saw this picture of a Land Rover Defender, and I got almost a fetish for Land Rovers because you can't get them here in the United States unless you pay big money because they only brought them here like one year. You know, Mm -hmm. the Land Rover Defenders, the long wheelbase ones, the safari ones. And it's like my dream car. So I always just wanted to go to Africa and be like Marlon Perkins, you know. Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, and be out there in the Maasai Mara, you know, chasing cheetahs and stuff in a Land Rover. It had to be a Land Rover. It couldn't be like one of these Toyota wannabes, you know. So sure enough, these guys only did Land Rovers. And they would hire the vehicle to you. They would advertise it as, quote unquote, self-drive, right? Which is just a little intimidating, even for a guy who's rented a car all over the world. (laughs) You know, like driving a Land Rover in Africa when I've never been there before and I don't know anything about it. You know, that sounded intimidating. With camping gear and all. Camping gear and all. Camping gear. We're going to be camping out there, right? This is amazing. It's getting more and more surreal to even think about the more I read this website. It's under $100 a day to rent the Land Rover. And then they give you a driver guide and a cook to go with you. For less money than they should be charging. Far less. Far less. Emily and I just looked at each other and went, oh, hell yeah. So we put that one on our radar screen. It took like a year to plan this whole Africa trip that we did. And, you know, Kenya was admittedly just a piece of it, but it was the first piece. They picked us up. Our driver and our cook couldn't have been better people. Our driver, Kimani John, he went by John because his name he figured Westerners couldn't handle, but we could have. He ended up being one of my favorite people. Dude spoke like 10 languages, had driven for the UN and been shot at, you know, in Southern Sudan and was one of those wonderful African gentlemen who is so calm, cool and collected. And whenever he says anything, it's something that's just wise and cool. Always had everything under control. Had a map of East Africa in his head 
which was brilliant. Never had GPS, didn't refer to a map. And we did something that was unheard of. We actually went on a real safari. We got in that Land Rover and we drove. We drove all the way to Uganda through Kenya and we got to see the tea plantations and spend the night in them. And I'll never forget that first morning we woke up in the mist. Ibises. They sound like the sacred ibises sound like Phyllis Diller laughing. If you're you know, I'm dating myself, but if you go YouTube the comedian Phyllis Diller laughing, the way she laughed is the way these ibises call and they'll be up in the trees just laughing like Phyllis Diller. Beautiful sound from a bird. <laughs> I just fell in love with Africa right then and there that morning because of all the unique sounds and the unique smell of the mist in the morning. And the, the fresh air. Was different. It was different. It was African fresh air. And sure enough, we drove through the tea plantations. You drive through this rural area, and the next thing you know, there's a Tusker brewery in the middle of nowhere. And Tusker is their beer, right? They have an elephant on it with tusks, you know. I gotta love that. And it took a long time to find the Tusker glass to take home with me, too. But I got it, darn it. And, you know, we hadn't even seen any animals yet. We went no, to Kisumu. I... We went to the orphanage. Right. Uh, the, um, was it Tumayini? Yeah, Valley of Tumaini Orphanage. Very impressive. They take such good care of the kids. And right. people come and visit them on a regular basis and donate things to them. Mm -hmm. And the kids get to keep their stuff. Yeah, right. It felt good to give back a little bit. And we went on and we didn't see any animals. And we're just enjoying the heck out of this place. Now, I shouldn't say we didn't see any animals. Lots of monkeys. Yeah, and we also saw farmers tending livestock. And then there would be a herd of zebras intersecting them. You know, they're peacefully existing with herds of zebras. Right. Outside of the parks. I, I couldn't wait to see the, all the animals. I was just, the whole time that we were there, I was itching to see the animals. So we we're finally getting to where we're going to see the animals. Right. And you get that vista of the Great Rift Valley, and you feel like you're seeing the real-life version of the Lion King. Yes. You know? oh, just, it takes your breath away. And that's just right outside Nairobi. Right. And then you unexpectedly see animals you wouldn't think to see, such as those, uh, what are they called? They, uh, hyrax or whatever. Yeah, they rock look like. hyraxes. They look like little gophers. Yes. Just little interesting animals everywhere. Even in Karen Kenyon, when we were camping at night, we heard this sound that sounded like a woman screaming. And I was thinking, someone getting like abused. And then all of a sudden they start happening closer to us. And there's a click at the front of it. It's like, and Emily and I look up eyes big as saucers at Kimani John. He's like, yeah, bush babies. <laughs> and they're those little animals with the big eyes and the, you know, little curly raccoon-like tails. And they're making that huge racket. I mean, like, who knew? Right. Big things come in little packages. These big things noises. Make yeah. Big noises. <laughs> kind of like an infant human, sort of. Uh, yeah, With good right? lungs, yeah. So anyway, we get to the Maasai Mara, and there's so much more we could talk about. The town of Kasi with those big, tall cypress trees. Look that one up on Wikitravel. K-I-S-S-I-I. Wonderful town. And we get to the Maasai Mara, and it's just, as far as the eye can see, this wonderful African plain, this savanna with the acacia trees. I mean, you know you're in Africa when you're there. And I don't know about you, Emily, but the most surprising thing to me was I realized how easy all these documentarians have had it in finding animals. They're everywhere. You don't even have to look for them. They're everywhere. It's. It, I always thought that they spent hours and days and months trying to get these pictures. And 
The animals literally, you can look left or right, and you're going to find an animal somewhere. Leopards, we, matter of fact, we had been looking for our leopard for a while. Yes, well, leopard. We didn't uh, see leopards. True. And we'd seen all the other animals. Yeah. And we saw this bird at the top. We said, John, wait, wait, stop. We want to see this bird. It looks as, It's about as big as a bald eagle. Yeah, it was a huge bird. I'm like, what bird is that? And next thing we know, he motions us, look to your left. And we looked, and sure enough, our leopard was right there by the tree. Yeah, sure enough, John's trained eyes were scanning elsewhere other than where the bird was. And he just said, leopard. Yes. And sure enough, there she was. Gorgeous animal. Didn't even expect to see it, but there it was. We finally got to see our leopard. Now, to be clear, we're talking about all these animals you're seeing everywhere all the time. Leopards weren't one of those animals. Mm. Leopards are like the needle in the haystack, which makes it even more fun. Because, you know, wildebeest, zebras, um, to some degree, hyenas, you know, even lions are more plentiful than you would think. Uh, lots of Thompson gazelles and different kinds of gazelles and elephants. Lots elephants, of elephants. Lots of elephants. Oh, there are the crickets. Oh my goodness! And especially baby elephants. I mean, little just guys, little yeah, ones that like cute. a month old. Hundreds of them. You're like, wow! There are so many of them. My favorite are the giraffes, and I love to see giraffes walking on the horizon. You know, just the shadow of them far away. To me, that's almost as cool as seeing them up close. But secretary birds. All the animals you expect to see, with the exception of rhinos, which are really endangered in the Maasai yes. Mara, um, are really easy to see. It's just an incredible bonanza to go to the Maasai Mara. And we rented that Land Rover with a safari roof, and we're just standing up in the back of that Land Rover, feeling like Marlon Perkins. I can say to you folks, I've never seen my wife happier. The <laughs> smile and the glow on her face when we were going through the Maasai Mara together. It was euphoric. I couldn't stop smiling. It was just breathtaking. The words cannot describe it. Now, we could go on and on about animals, but I want to go ahead and give a nod to the Maasai people themselves, who are badasses. Oh, yes. Now, it so happened that our Land Rover broke down on the side of the road, miles out of the Maasai Mara, out of the park. And we were there for several hours, and the Maasai people were curious, and they came and met us. And they were wonderful, gracious people. And I'll never forget Jackson, who was a young guy about 20 years old. He actually taught me his trade. He taught me how to herd sheep. And I asked him to do that. Right. And you were like, oh, Scott, he won't want to do that. No, no, you're bothering him. To my disappointment, I stayed behind. Well, come on. He couldn't have been more excited. He was like, really? (laughs) This is cool. That's the way we guys are, you know? Yes, but that's not my disappointment. You were fortunate enough to go. And while you were out there, the lamb was born. Yeah. Baby lamb delivered by Jackson right before my very eyes. He's like, you want to help? And I'm like, I would love to, but I don't even know what to do. I don't want to hurt the thing. And he just sort of laughed, you know. Right. And he's like, picture, picture. And you're like, what? Right, and then my camera ran out of battery. Oh. <laughs> but I, I showed up just after it had just been done. I'm like, yep. no, I'm just a minute late. The Maasai people are wonderful. We didn't do the silly made-for-TV experience where you go do their tour. We met the real people and hung out with them and made friends with them. Yes, the kids got to see their – we took videos and we yeah. showed them the video. and It was interesting to see somebody's eyes light up who have never seen themselves before. Yeah, on video. Definitely, yeah. 100%. And uh, their way of life is so amazing, and they peacefully coexist with all those predators out there in the in the savanna, and it's just an amazing lifestyle. And those guys are born and bred to be tough. I know. We're not I mean, allowed out of the vehicle, but yet no. their children are out in the middle of the field. Right. Dressed in red. Right. Yeah, exactly. Maasai people are among the most fascinating and incredible people <laughs> I've ever met. But anyway, Kenya, 
a wonderful, wonderful country full of surprises. At every turn is an adventure. Breathing the air in Kenya is an adventure. <laughs> that's what I love about the place. I think that sums it up. Yes, it does. It does. They have there's a lot that Kenya has offered, not just the park, but just driving around the city, the different restaurants. There's so much to do and see in Kenya, even if you're not into animals, which I can't imagine. No, no. And uh I would definitely recommend not just hustling in there and being whisked out to the Maasai Mara and leaving. Get to know the country a little bit, folks. The tea Learn garden. the culture. Yeah. The tea garden. I don't know about that. Or tea, tea gardens. Plantation. Yeah. Plantations. Tra- trees. Yes. Yeah. Every, all the forests. All of that stuff is just wonderful and not to be missed. And we really didn't even get to go to Mombasa. We didn't go to the eastern part of the country or the northern part of the country yet, but we can't wait to go back. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a have to. Find out more by going to our website at www.wingitworldwide.com. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest as Wing It Worldwide. We want to hear from you. Sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get not one but two cool reports, including our wonderful travel hacks, which are guaranteed never to have been heard of by you ever before. They're all original. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We also have a pretty cool report on how we've been able to see 14 countries for free now in our travels and how you can do the same. It's an incredibly ninja way to see the world and uh, you can't miss that either. It's all at wingitworldwide.com there for you. So we talk to you again on the next episode. This is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. The Wing It Worldwide podcast is copyright X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Remember, you can go to the show notes page at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. There you'll find out much more about all the destinations talked about by Scott and Emily on this show. Remember, if there's anything left out that you wanted to hear, chances are you'll find it there. It's all at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Wing It Worldwide Podcast. Until next time, be good and have fun.